The earliest giants were true sons of the heavens, arising from mist-shrouded chaos at the beginning of time. In ancient Norse belief, the first creature to stir in the cosmos was the frost giant Ymir, born of the warring kingdoms of fire and ice, when stray sparks melted a glacial flow and quickened it into life. Ymir's body spawned a whole race of frost giants, and their offspring, the gods, soon followed. In time, the icy progenitors of all living beings were sacrificed to create the ordered universe of earth and sea and sky. Many, varied and mighty, were the giant descendants of Ymir, but all came to eventual grief, undone by either the gods or fate or humankind. From the Enchanted World. What's up, all you lovers of myth and legend out there in the hinterlands? It's Rock and Max, and we hope you guys are ready to trek through magical castles, hidden tombs, and the bone-littered lairs of monsters here at Nightmares and Daydreams. Hey, loyal listeners. And speaking of our loyal listeners, we'd like to remind all of you to continue helping the podcast by sharing it. Yep. Hands down, the best damn way to spread your nightmares and daydreams love, y'all. So please rate, review, and grant us that boon of that oh-so-special five-star review. We wouldn't ask each episode if it wasn't so important, gang. Mm -hmm. So help us keep nightmares and daydreams going by doing your best to help your boys get out there. Nice. And back to the show. That's just a bit of housekeeping, as we call it, y'all. As always, Rock and I are going to discuss and debate all things paranormal, legendary, Mm -hmm. and oh-so-monstrous. And of course, fun. Fun's important, y'all, as our hard-partying audience surely knows. But do you want to know what's not funny? What's not fee-fi-fo-fun, Rock? (laughs) I could think of a million things that aren't fun. But what's not fun about this specific episode? Max getting squished, taken, or eaten by evil giants. Why I gotta be evil. But no, that doesn't sound fun at all. At least it says here in my notes it's not fun. I mean, if you're into being food stuff for giants, that's your business, Maxie. I, for one, would not welcome our new giant overlords. So, as y'all have probably guessed by now, we're talking about giants today. And not the lame NFL team from NYC either. We're talking about the tall ones. The beyond tall ones, Rock. Because there's tall, and then there's giant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you ain't lying, Max. I stand corrected. Tall is Shaq. Giant is Paul Bunyan and his big blue ox babe. Be serious, Rock. We're talking about real giants here today. <laughs> Max, are you saying Paul Bunyan ain't real? Okay, then let's talk about the jolly green giant, because that dude is vegan and is so not about eating people. Oh, 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 green giant. <laughs> Whoever wrote that slogan made millions. And once more... I'm talking about real giants, Rock. I feel what you're saying, amigo. We're not talking about classic Americana food company mascots, are we? Exactly. So, Max, the one universal feature of giants is, of course, their immense stature. That said, giants have a ton of different characteristics according to location and culture. But much like dragons, they exist in damn near every culture in the world. Well said. And I just, of course, Paul Bunyan and Babe are perfect examples of giants in American folklore. And so is Jolly Green Giant, for that matter, on a lesser level, I suppose. 
So personally, and I think, you know, this is just personal, I think the most famous giant is a giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. That for me is the first giant that comes to mind, or Goliath of Gaul. Does that Philistine count as a giant, Maxi? Okay, so those are two very different giants. The first one, Cormoran, is a Cornish giant straight from the fairy tales. And the other is from the Bible. Anyway, Goliath was like nine feet tall, according to the Bible, supposedly. Just a baby, just a baby. Huge for a human, but I don't know if he qualifies as gigantic. Y'all, the Bible has quite a few mentions of giants, just FYI. Well, Goliath for sure. Gog and Magog, which eventually transitioned into European folklore, especially in England. Nephilim also. The Nephilim. Fallen angels or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I know you were talking about them before in another episode. What's the story with them? So, dude, super interesting, right? So the Nephilim, according to some scholars, either translates to fallen or giants. And one theory is that, yeah, man, they're fallen angels. But as we say, dude, that is a pod for another day. Let's get biblical, folks. All right. So I guess we're going to delve into this a little bit. And according to the Wikipedia, there's a passage in Numbers where 10 of the 12 spies sent by Noah report that they have seen fearsome giants in Canaan. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who come of the Nephilim. And we were in our own sights as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So they're saying humans were like grasshoppers to the Nephilim. That is pretty gigantic and frightening. To say the least, man. So imagine how daunting that would be, like seeing massive figures in the distance that could literally crush you underfoot. Daunting. It'd be horrifying. Mm-hmm. And yet another reason I don't step on bugs. We would literally be like insects unto giants. You know, it's nice that you're creating good karma in case we're ever overrun with giants, Max. Hey, man. Gotta be kind to animals. And insects. So, staying with the Nephilim, and according to the lore, giants were the offspring of Nephilim and mortal women, which sounds logical considering the Nephilim were giants themselves. And these giants, the result of these fallen angels mating with mortal women, were some of these hyper-aggressive, powerful giants that apparently roamed the lands during the days of Noah. And we also found out that, according to some at least, the Nephilim themselves were not true fallen angels, but the offspring of the sons of the true God, ah. who were like legit angels who got with the human ladies. can be a bit confusing. True, you know, but again, this is not a pot on the Nephilim, but just as an interesting aside, according to the scriptures, there were various giant races living along the lengths of the Jordan River, the Anakim, the Enim, the Raphaim, and the Zamzumim. That would be a cool pod in the future, though, seriously. The Nephilim? Agreed. So what's up with giants, Maxie? Let our listeners know some quick history. You're the classical studies guy after all. Well, according to the dictionary, a giant is simply a legendary man-like being of more than mortal but less than godlike power and endowment, a person of unusual stature or size. That's a solid definition. The word giant itself is derived from the ancient Greek word gigas, The first giants were the offsprings of Uranus and Gaia and made war on the gods of classical Greek myth. You know, Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, the whole lot. Classical gangsters, Zeus throwing lightning, Poseidon commanding fishes. Dude, I think I just described Shazam and Aquaman, didn't I? (laughs) You're ridiculous, dude. (laughs) Don't be mad. So were these Greek giants just larger versions of the gods? Depends on the lore, but... In some sources, they were monstrous, many-headed and many-armed, 
serpent-like with tough hides, venom, sharp teeth. It's a lot. And these giants were the siblings of the Titans, who the gods had defeated before. And then, of course, there were the Cyclops, who were giant-like, but we ain't talking about Greek myth here, so let's move on. Not specifically about Greek myth, but the giants inhabiting Greek myth. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do Cyclops count as actual giants? Maybe more giant can, like trolls or ogres. Being the D&D gangsters that we are, we have to talk about some giant can. Just throw them into the mix for some extra flavor, some <laughs> extra spices, some extra nutrients. That's what they do with humans, right? Mm-hmm. All right. How about we get on to a quick story? My man, you know I'm always up for a story. The giant of Karn Galva was rather playful, but this pleasant characteristic had unfortunate results at times. There was one tragic occasion when the giant was playing with a young friend, a villager from Chun. Their game over, the two were taking leave of one another when the giant playfully patted the boy in a friendly way on the head. The boy immediately fell dead at the giant's feet. The big fellow's fingers had gone right through his skull. The giant desperately tried to put the head together again, but to no avail. Heartbroken, he took the boy in his arms and rocked him to and fro, wailing, Oh, my son, my son, why didn't they make thy shell of thy noddle stronger? As soft as a pie crust, dough-baked, and made too thin by the half, how shall I ever pass my time without thee to play hide-and-seek? The poor giant of Carngalva was never again merry. He pined away and died of a broken heart before seven years had passed. From William Buttrell's Hearthside Stories of West Cornwall. Damn, Max. (laughs) Way to bring us all down so early in the pod. Thanks. Hey, man. I only chose that sad story to illustrate to our listeners the awesome power that giants command and how even the good or friendly giant had to be super careful if they were interacting with us puny humans. That poor kid. He had a thin noddle. Show was sad. (laughs) So give us a quick rundown of some giant can rock since you were so stoked about them earlier. Bueno. I'll start with the Cyclops. And again, we're throwing the sands of time in reverse. As we are wont to do. And heading back to ancient Greece. Let's get some baklava while we're here. And some Windex for any maladies we might have. (laughs) (laughs) Love that movie. Focus, Maxi. Okay, so the word cyclops stems from the ancient Greek word cyclopes, which means circle eyes or round eyes. Okay, since we're talking about ancient Greece, I figure you're going to talk about Polyphemus. Yo, 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 this is my tangent, son. Back up off me. My bad. And no, not yet. We're not talking about Polyphemus just yet. According to Hesiod, the three original Cyclops were three brothers, Argus, Brontes, and Steropes, who forged the thunderbolt that mighty Zeus used to rule the heavens. Damn, that's a far cry from Polyphemus. Those dudes were weapon makers for the gods. Agreed. So y'all, what Max is referring to is that according to Homer in his epic, The Odyssey, Polyphemus was a shepherd just raising sheep, chilling on an island, shouting opa at any passing ships, breaking plates. He wasn't forging weapons for the gods, that's for damn sure. 
he was just hanging out, chilling with his sheep until Odysseus rolled in and <laughs> poked his eye out. Clearly, Max, I cannot talk about classical myth without you ruining all the damn good parts for our listeners. And as far as the differences in Hesiod and Homer's version of Cyclops, it's all in the telling, party people. Hesiod had them as these kind of subservient master craftsmen, and Homer portrayed them as these kind of man-eating monsters, you know, shepherds, losers. So pick your point of view. <laughs> so they probably fall somewhere in the middle. Shall we move on from the Cyclops? Yes, and I know just where to go. Oh, Lord. We talked about this. Max, trust me, man. Let's talk about some giants of our misspent dice rolling youth, baby. Oh, hell. That's right, Max. Let's just take that quick second to represent fellow nerds, dweebs, and dorks. We're just going to talk about us some giants in the world of Dungeons and Dragons real quick. Which is based on legit mythology, people. Indulge us, good people. Let us nerd out, y'all. We'll be sad if you don't. Let's start with Frost Giants. Which, as I said earlier, are based on actual Norse myth. Emir, from the story at the beginning of the episode, was the father of all the Frost Giants. Yep, Thor had many battles with Frost Giants, gang. Check out his Marvel movies for archival footage of the actual battles. Yeah, the Thor flicks are straight documentaries. Seems Thor was a bit of a douche, actually. Uh-huh. So, Frost Giants live in the cold climates. Obviously, hence the name, right? Our listeners are impressed by all this research that you've done. This Wikipedia again? <laughs> it's Marvel Comics. <laughs> now, let's talk about fire giants, Max, who live in fire. <laughs> Brilliant. Just any sort of fire? Yeah, like if you're grilling up, there's a good chance you might have fire giants up in that flame. <laughs> okay, let's move this along. What other giants inhabit your old stomping grounds, the Forgotten Realms? All right. In the interest of moving this along, y'all... We got cloud, storm, mountain, hill, desert, reef, and stone giants all inhabit the vast worlds of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't remember reefer giants, but... Reefer giants? No, no, no. <laughs> They've only since recently legalized reefer giants, Max. Amen. They're not a legitimate D&D monster yet. Okay. So they pretty much all live in whatever ecosystem they're named after, though, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if the D&D &D game designers were brilliant or just lazy. Probably a little of both. You know Mountain Dew, Cheetos, and Pizza will put a nerd into a straight food coma. And moving on. Maxie, the only way to move on from a classic second edition Dungeons & Dragons monster is with a story. Or any edition, for that matter. Yes, please. The time came at last when giants and giant trolls were mastered not by human strength, but by human trickery. Such was the case in Norway, where it was said that a cleric persuaded a mountain-dwelling troll to do the work of building a church. The price the priest offered was the sun, and the troll believed him. The priest, of course, could not possibly have paid such a price, and indeed never intended to. While the giant creature labored on the church, his employer, the priest, wandered the mountains searching for the troll's lair and soon found it. From within, he heard the troll's wife singing her mate's name. The priest smiled. This was the weapon he needed. Trolls, like all giant kin, were an ancient race and their names were charged with magic and not to be given into human keeping. For a mortal who knew a troll's name gained power over the old one 
Soon, the troll was very nearly finished with the church, and the beast eagerly awaited his payment of the sun. The very next day, the troll was putting the finishing touches on the tower of the church. Just then, standing below the nearly finished church, while the troll balanced on the roof beam, the priest presented his treacherous payment. Tvester, shouted the priest, exposing the troll's secret name to the wind and the wide world. The troll gave a horrible cry and fell to the ground, dying before he landed. Treacherous humans. Man, I'm telling you. That's a bit of a sad story. You know, unless the troll and his wife were man-eaters. This is good! Which, according to the lore, many Scandinavian trolls were. Man, old Tvester, he just wanted to have power over the sun. So we did him some carpentry on the side, as you do. <laughs> I mean, okay, really. Who hasn't wanted to control the life-giving sun one time or another in their lives? Am I right? Not me. I'm more of a moon worshiper myself. Mm-hmm. Love me some Selena. You suspect. But, you know, she did kick a lot of lichen butt in the Underworld franchise. Wrong Selena, but I do love Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> she was good in Emma. Wait, man, it was that broke down palace. <laughs> Don't matter. You ain't reviewing either movie. Max, I only review movies that are germane to our podcast, son. So settle down. That ain't true. So where were we? All right. We just heard the story of old Tvester the Troll being tricked by that dirty, dirty priest. You know, I reckon he wasn't a wholly evil troll since the sun didn't turn him to stone, as it usually does with truly evil night creatures. And he's a carpenter. Mm-hmm. I mean... Word. The priest was the evil one in that particular sad story. True. Let's get back to giants, though, shall we? Ah, yes. And while trolls are giant kin, they are not giants themselves. So yeah, Max, let's get back to giants, those behemoths of yore. You make them sound all romantic, but I don't think you'd want to actually see a real giant. Max, are you telling me you hate Andre the Giant? I might have to give you a suplex or a power driver to defend Andre's honor. Dude, he's not an actual giant, right? He could crush your thin noddle, methinks. Without a doubt. I loved him, the Princess Bride man. Fezzik absolutely ruled. He was the Brute Squad. I need to watch that movie again. It's been a while since I've seen it. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> I see what you did there, Maxie, and that's pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> I apologize for Max, dear listeners. He ain't right right now. <laughs> Andre the Giant, dude, he might not have been an actual giant, but there's an account where he drank 102 beers Dang. 45 minutes before he got on a flight. 45 minutes, y'all. And there's so many stories of him downing cases of wine and beer, man. Can you imagine uh, the line at the lavatory on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> he could hold it. A man after your own heart. Dude, I do like a nice Hefeweizen with my cheeseburger, no doubt. But, uh, you know, 102 beers is beyond the pale, baby. You know what I miss? Going to Texas Renfest, get a nice hamburger. And then again, it's at 10 a.m. It's <laughs> the breakfast of the gods, y'all. But yeah, in regards to Andre the Giant, I mean, it's all relative, right? Yep. So, while he wasn't an actual giant, he definitely had a giant appetite. He was a giant, Max. Robert Wadlow was taller well, okay. Now, dude, I recall that guy from when we were kids. He was damn near nine foot tall, if I am not mistaken. I think I saw him on like Ripley's Believe It or Not back in the day, or was it That's Incredible? Ripley's Believe It or Not, man, you're old, right? 
<laughs> Shut your sassy mouth. You're older than I am, BTW. And that show was awesome. Jack Palance doing one-arm push-ups. <laughs> Our 80s kids will know what I'm talking about. What? All right. Sticking to the subject, of, as we've done so well today, um, <laughs> Robert Wadlow was, what, I think 8 foot 11 inches and still growing at the time of his death. He died relatively young. Who knows what heights he might have reached? Hell, that boy might have gone double digits. Who knows? But let's get back into mythic giants, Max. No offense to Robert Wadlow, who, and quick fact, was such a star in his day that I read like 50,000 people attended his funeral. Damn, rock star indeed. For sure. And he was supposedly a super solid dude. All right, shifting gears from gentleman giants to perhaps those that are a bit more savage. I got a good one. And one that's not without a bit of controversy, actually. All right, all right. Real quick, is this a modern day encounter? Yup. So I think I know what you're going to talk about. The Kandahar giant. Yup. Dude, that is such an interesting story. And if it happened, pretty damn gnarly. So, for our listeners, in 2002, an army patrol went missing in Kandahar province in Afghanistan. Radio went silent, and so a group of special forces operatives were sent out to look for them. If you can find them, maybe you can hire <laughs> the A-team. Da, 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 da. Settle down. Come on, man. You know Mr. T would have dealt with any giants he ran across. Anyways, <laughs> as the special forces were tracking the missing patrol, they ran across broken and discarded equipment. And following this trail, it led up a pretty treacherous mountain pass, which led to a large cave clearing where they found more equipment and human remains. Listen, y'all, if you play D&D, you know there's at least an eight-hit-die-hill giant up in that cave. <laughs> exactly. Roll to see if he hears you as you approach, everybody. Get out them D20s. These guys failed their move silently roll, and according to the lore, a red-haired, 13-foot-tall giant came storming out of the cave. Damn. And this guy is clad in animal furs, armed with a spear. Red-haired? Who knew Irish giants made their summer homes in the Afghanistan desert? <laughs> So the giant, like, immediately kills one of the patrol, a poor guy named Dan, if the story is to be believed. Just impaled him with this massive spear that he had. Damn. Then the guys just light the giant up with, like, 30 seconds of sustained fire, killing him entirely. Man, those Red Rider BB guns they give you in the military did a number on him, huh? The guys were armed with M4s, right? And after they killed the creature, they found out it has six fingers on each hand and double rows of teeth. I hope that fool flossed. <laughs> but in all seriously, yeah, the double rows of teeth are kind of a hallmark in giant lore. Many, quote, giant skeletons supposedly found had two rows of teeth as well. So to end this tale, the brass come in with a Chinook helicopter to pick this beast up, which weighed around 1,200 pounds. And off it went to parts unknown. Reports were denied, and according to Snope, it's all a hoax. Snopes don't know. Shoot. Like Fox Mulder Max, I want to believe. I'm pretty sure they're creating an army of red-haired, big-toothed giants in some lab right now. Oh, X-Files. So what's your <laughs> opinion on this Kandahar giant? Man, I think the red hair part is really interesting, all jokes aside. There are many Native American myths that mention red-haired giants as well, like I said earlier, as a double rows of teeth. Where there's smoke, there's fire, baby. Damn gingers. Soulless ginger giants in the desert, as I want to say, oh, hell, nah, Max. That's a whole other level of evil right there, man. It's the worst. 
Imagine a giant Ed Sheeran just storming out of the cave with a spear. It'd be even worse if you had a giant guitar. No <laughs> giant ginger bars in my campaigns, baby. All right, leave Ed Sheeran alone. He's a gentle soul. <laughs> Much like the Kandahar giant, you know, minus the cannibalism and all that. Shall we get into one more story before we let our listeners off the hook to go about their day? Let's do it. Jack was poor. He sold his cow for some magic beans. His mom got pissed. <laughs> the beans grew into a giant beanstalk. Jack climbed it, killed the giant, became super rich. The end. Bam. Worst story ever, Max. Now let's get into a good one. Even in their decline, giants were formidable foes. Once masters of this world, less than gods, but much more than humans, giants and their kin begin fading from the world of short-lived mortals. The scholars and poets said they ventured to the other world, beyond the mist. Yet there were those giants who refused to give way to humanity, and indeed treated mortals as little more than playthings, as this Irish tale shows. The giant of the brown beech wood was a malicious creature, as tall as the beech trees that protected his fortress and gave him his name, as well as his vast powers of sorcery. For this giant was no mindless behemoth that only feasted on humanity. He was of the elder races of giants, though skilled in magic and cunning. It went that a young prince, Diarmuid, gathered his courage and penetrated the brown beech wood in search of three sisters that the giant had kidnapped a year before. The prince swore he would find the sisters and end the threat of the giant once and for all. Diarmuid was fast, silent, skilled in battle, and with a touch lighter than the best thief in the world. First he passed the forest, then he was at the giant's door, a gargantuan fortress surrounded by birch trees, and it was there that he knocked three times before the massive hinges creaked and the door swung open. Enter, mortal. A voice echoed from inside, as if coming from a long way. The prince presented himself meekly, asking for work as a servant. The giant of the brown beech wood sat on a large throne, and around him were his three prisoners, the sisters taken a year before. Yet only one retained her human form. The other two were transformed by the giant's magic, one into a dog, the other a pony. The giant smiled at Diarmuid's look of astonishment and proceeded to hire the prince as his servant. The prince did as he was bid by the giant, who held little fear of him. Soon, Diarmuid found out why. When the giant slept, he spoke to the girl, who told him that the giant could only be slain by a magical sword he kept in the innermost chamber of the fortress, and that room could only be accessed by the keys he kept on his person and the beechwood wand the giant kept on his belt. There was simply no way for Diarmu to save them, she lamented. That night, however, while the castle slept, Diarmu had explored it, determined to keep his oath of finding and freeing the three sisters. He walked soundlessly and entered the very heart of the fortress. A vast iron door barred his way. Outside the door, on a pallet large enough for several human men, slept the giant. Around his large neck rested the keys to the chambers, the prince, with light fingers, easily slipped the keys off the giant's neck. Diarmuid went to the first door and unlocked it. The giant shifted then, grumbling in his sleep. The prince was surprised when the second door moaned, Master, when he undid that lock. Looking back, he saw the giant's head twitch 
and he grunted louder this time. The third door screamed out for the giant, waking the behemoth. The prince felt the ground beneath him shake, and the giant began making his way toward him. But the giant of the brown beech wood was too late. Within the central chamber of the fortress stood Jarmuid, luminous sword raised above his head. The sword was as long as the prince was tall. The giant roared forward, and the prince replied with a battle cry of his own. The two met, and the warrior Diarmuid plunged the enchanted blade deep into the giant's heart, slaying the guardian of the brown beech wood. Diarmuid took the beechwood wand and restored the sisters to their rightful forms. Then the four mortals left the woods. As they rode away, the fortress crumbled, and the great beech trees there for centuries withered, blackened, and faded forever away. Poor beech trees. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Jack the Giant Killer story, though, right? They're all variations on a theme, right? The underdog winning, you know, against overwhelming odds. Well, I guess the difference in that story is that Diarmuid didn't find loads of treasure and come home rich. He was a prince already, so we figure he's good as far as the treasure. I hope he kept that sword, though. Giant forged weapons. Best. Mm-hmm. With that last tale, we are done, gang. Thanks for hanging out with Max and myself during these trying times. We super appreciate it. That we do. And if y'all appreciate what we're doing and would like to support the podcast, head on over to buymeacoffee.com and search Nightmares Podcast for an invigorating one-time donation. Mm-hmm. It literally helps us keep the lights on here at Nightmares and Daydreams. And you want us to have lights, don't you? Lights are important, gang. So is coffee. (laughs) And speaking of supporting the podcast, y'all, head on over to patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast for some extra content. Tears start at a buck a month and y'all can cancel any damn time. We continually add new stuff, including Max's Myth, Rock's Relaxing Reads for Folk's Sake, bonus episodes, and new music by Teresa Joy. Speaking of the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy gives us that amazing sound that so many of you have commented on. Find and follow her at Viobrite, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E, on Facebook and the Gram. And check her out on her own website, TeresaJoyMusic.com. And we asked earlier, but we will ask again. Please, gang, head on over to whatever podcast you listen to us on and grant us that boon of the five-star review. And of course, share... Subscribe. Tell all your friends, your enemies about our podcast, gang. Help us get out there. It is much appreciated. Also, join us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. All that. We'd love to hear from y'all. We're TikTokopotamus. Our rhymes are bottomless. (laughs) All right, gang. Finally, head on over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net to holler at your boys. As Max just said, we'd love to hear from you. So, party people, as always, be Good to each other and sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.